Welcome, everyone. Welcome. It's Tuesday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is Mike. I'm going to be your host today for the Sweet Dash Q&A webinar. Hope everyone's doing well. That music gets us started always right with your, that little head bob gets that going. So a little bit of energy, at least for me. Uh, let's go ahead and get everyone started. Let's jump in the chat and just let me know uh, that you can hear me. I think so. Hi, Hilton. How are you? Tell us where you're from if you uh, are it's your first time here. And we'll just see how we can help everyone. Also, just include your niche, your business niche, and then we'll just see if uh, maybe we can turn the conversation towards a certain direction. Hi, Erica from Thunder Bay, Canada in Toronto. Yeah, Matt, I think we've seen you before. Mike Kelly, yes, in the UK. And Kenneth, hi from Florida. Accounting, good, good, Kenneth. It's quite a popular niche for us and from Calgary. Kathy, how are you? Les, Chris, and, and many others, good. A startup for green energy, awesome, Erica. Very good. Yeah, I think there's a lot, lot to, to uh, so many things happening there for sure. Kathy's business and financial coaching. Okay, cool. Kathy, inter interested in an LMS by chance? <laughs> yeah, I thought so. You and a, <clears throat> you and a lot of people. Oh, for the um, for the Alpha team. Very good. You'll you'll be hearing from us shortly. Yep, that's uh, all that's being built right now. So, yeah, Hilton. Not, and and for this uh, the green energy. Have you heard of? Oh, I can't remember the name of the company now. Oh, I can't. Remember. I almost had it, but a really cool company out there that's um, basically developing an energy storage system that they combine with a giant, you know, giant solar fields. Uh, so it works almost like a uh, Swiss clock. Imagine like a clock where you, uh, in the, during the day when the sun is shining, they use the power, the extra power, to raise and lift, winch basically up giant concrete blocks. And then at night when there's no sun, they let those blocks slowly fall and turn uh, generators and let that in basically use gravity on the other side to uh, with no you know no, no energy consumption to produce energy at night such a cool idea i mean there's so exactly there's so many things that we could be doing you know i live by the um, by the ocean and i've always said look <laughs> if you go to an inlet around here at, and when the tides are changing you'll see what real power is all about and during the tides, the tides are unbelievable. So, how can we not figure that one out? And uh, I'm not the smartest guy on the planet, but somehow that's a lot of energy, and it's never, never going to stop, never going to go away. So we should be able to harness that, and I think we will. That's what that's the phase of the world we're in these days. All right. Well, I hope you guys don't mind. I'm going to be a little less formal than normal, and I just realized that I just rhymed there. Sorry about that. Um, just a a, a group of people in here, I, I, a few of you guys I recognize already, and some of you that are new, and it's a little bit smaller group than normal. So, hey, let's just have a little fun for the next little bit. We'll answer some questions. We'll get you guys taken care of and um, get you on with your Tuesday and your week. So, the very quick intro. Yes, this is the website. Yes, start a free trial. Uh, on your way, please check out the documentation. Noelle and her team works really hard on that. Noelle's here with us. Um, 
she's going to be helping answer questions. So say thanks to Noel if you like the documentation. Uh, the Academy, Sweet Dash Academy, is a, more of a visual type learning experience. So video training and then the how-to series. These are articles, essentially articles, but very uh, image-rich articles that will help you step-by-step -step to understand how to build specific um, workflows <clears throat> using very detailed and richly formatted images and explanations that are really small and you don't have to read too much. Of course, you have the webinar. You guys found that. And the community. So if you haven't uh, joined or don't, don't know about the community, thank you, Kathy. Good job, Noel. So uh, if you don't know about the community, it, it, this will not work with your Sweet Dash login for security purposes. You'll just need to recreate a new login at community.sweetdash.com. But this is where uh, our team and myself, we are active here, keeping an eye on the community and, and just listening, <clears throat> keeping an ear out and, and understanding what you guys are asking for. This is also the place where we announce for the very, this is the first announcement of new features. So you see just for this Friday, we announced another couple of features. We'll have another announcement this Friday. So not every week, but many weeks, you'll find that this is where you'll first find out about these announcements. And all you have to do is log in and then you'll just follow um, follow these, these threads and you'll get notified by email when new things are posted. It's a great place to get to know your fellow suite mates and join different uh, niches like design agency, for example. Ask questions, get to know your, your other colleagues who are in similar niches so a great resource for you as you're as you head on your sweet dash journey okay all right guys let's uh go ahead and get to some questions so if you have questions now's the time to be dropping those in let's uh see what we can do here okay good matt matt says <clears throat> let me pop up the chat here so everybody can see look at that Pure technology here. <laughs> All right. Matt says, how can we use Twilio to use SMS reminders with appointments? Have Twilio set up, but I cannot find the actions for appointments. So Matt, you, you wouldn't be able to find that, but very, very soon, yes, you will have reminders for appointments and reminders for events. And they will be, you will have the choice of how you want to configure those. And when I say very soon, I mean, in testing within the next couple of days and appointments will sh follow shortly after events. So we are actively working in this area to extend that SMS functionality, Matt. Uh, so how it will work, just to give you a heads up and also get your confirmation that it's something that will work for you is for an appointment, you'll be able to appointment type, you'll be able to um, configure remind me 15 minutes before, one hour before, two hours before, even multiples uh, by email is one choice. SMS is one choice. That'll be available if you have the integration enabled. And by uh, in-app notification is also another choice. So yes, I think that's what you're looking for, Matt. Is that right? Yes. Okay. I agree with you. <laughs> it's definitely something that is needed. And uh, so it is was recognized and, and uh, already specced and is 
basically near the end of development. It's about 85% through. It should be in testing shortly and on the platform sh shortly after. While we're discussing that, uh, I know someone, I believe it was Kathy, already mentioned the the uh, alpha team, which is really what we're calling, which is beta testing. So um, if you are interested in being one of our alpha team beta testers, then yeah, please send an email to help at sweetdash.com and let us know. Send it from you have to send it from the super admin email address for your account. So that confirms for us that you are indeed the super admin. And then it helps us also identify your company so that we can make sure that when uh, we release features into that channel that you'll be included and you'll be notified that uh, feature is in in uh, your account for testing there's no there's no requirements that you feed back to us but and there's no requirements that you test it uh, it's a voluntary thing but I think a lot of people really do like to get a good look at things in the beginning and that really that really helps us as well especially for from for experienced users to take a look at a, at a feature and and we we do plan to release things in true alpha status so uh, what that means, and in, in, in for those of you who aren't, aren't aware of this, so you've heard of beta testing, of course, <clears throat> and that's usually where users like yourself would would get access to something as a beta. But alpha testing is even earlier than beta testing. So, you know, we can do the testing. That's sure we can do the testing and find the the bugs. But alpha testing is even better for us to have real users looking at the feature. And what it means is we're, we're not going to refine the feature completely to the point where we would normally release it. We would do that. Um, we would go to a certain place where we say, okay, we're pretty sure this is what everybody wants to see. Uh, it's functional, it's usable, and there are some things that it still needs, of course. And then we'll release it to the alpha team and get you know, true feedback. And then from there, because we are so still early in the cycle, we can make uh, adjustments Pretty quickly and then come back to and release another release into alpha and um, so you guys would really be helping us uh, during these cycles understand your use cases that are real boots on the grounds type use cases and that's uh, of course quite nice and another way that we really want to interact with the community and provide a platform that you can use and that you understand and like all right uh, let me scroll up here and make sure we're caught up so Matt, that's uh, yes. Please send that email, and I'm, I think you'll do a great job for us. I'm you have good questions for for sure. Okay, Miss Kathy. Oh, never noticed the ask link before. Yep, that's just a shortcut to sending an email to us. Same same exact uh, result, but we just build it into the platform that way. All right, Matt says calendar time blocking issue. <clears throat> when booking a 30-minute meeting, it seems to delete, remove the 30 minutes prior and 30 minutes after, which means we're losing one hour each time an appointment is booked. Let's look together, Matt. Um, there's some very complex, probably the most complex in the entire application, in the entire platform logic, behind the appointment type and the booking availability. So let's look at it together. And I want to make sure it's clear to you. And, and while we're here, we'll talk to everyone else about 
the way this is calculated. Okay. So we have a duration of the appointment, yes, and we have padding between the appointment, which will add extra time for, uh, you know, going to the fridge and grabbing a sandwich or to the restroom, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, these are the intervals, and then there's prep time, which allows you to, is basically saying, I don't, don't let somebody book five minutes before a certain time. I need at least 45 minutes to, you know, maybe I'm out mowing the grass and I need time to get inside and get uh, to my computer and make that, make that appointment. So what might be happening, Matt, is now, is that one of these paddings or intervals or, or sort of prep times or things like that is, is what's causing your 30 minutes not to stack exact 30 minutes right on top of each other. So do me a favor and just try setting this to 30 and then everything else should be set to zero except for the starting time intervals, which you can set to 30. And then that, that result, if you should be getting uh, 30 minute intervals that would allow true booking of 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 30 minutes. And then you'll just have to take care of yourself in between um, as far as we wouldn't programmatically protect you against back-to-back -back bookings, okay? Uh, if you're not seeing that, then I would say go ahead and, or if you're not seeing that or still confused, just send an email to help at sweetdash.com and we'll start back and forth and figure out how we can make it as you need it, okay? All right. <clears throat> Les, how are you, Les? Uh, Les says, hi, Mike, do you have a promo subscription that we can use to set up our own demo site? Promo subscription. Uh, I'm not sure what you mean, Les. I, I think it's a great question. I'm just not somehow not parsing it the way that I think you intend it. So we have a free trial. You can set that all up. What I think you might mean is some kind of... Um, a demo that you can log in that has full uh, like a data build out where you can just sort of see everything is that let's let's get less taken care of here and then I'll move on is that is that right less somewhere close all right well let me speak to that if, if that is indeed less's Okay, we want to create our demo site that we can use for promo. Uh-huh. Do you mean for reseller less? Kind of, I'm, I'm going to make sure I understand. Okay, okay. I got you now. So what I think you're talking about, uh, what I think you would like less, and yes, we have, <clears throat> we have thoughts about this. So what it basically would be is the idea that we have working now that would solve this issue is that we could enable you to have one reseller child account and then we would limit that child account to one or maybe two staff members like very limited so that you you know not that you would do this less but some people would sort of game the system and get free accounts this way um, so we would make it limited in the in the functionality but only on the staff side and then you could build out a complete demo site i think that's what you mean and then you could invite or show or screen share and just build it out have it always available without paying for it no you won't you won't owe us anything on that that'll be a benefit of you as a reseller and then you can demonstrate everything you need to to your prospective clients and then i think that would accomplish your goal if that's a let me know about that is that right okay good yeah less hey noel can you please make a note 
uh, for us to discuss. We're going to push that ahead after. Yeah. We'll push that ahead for you, Les. That's not a difficult one. We just hear we hear occasional requests for it, but you're right. This is very good timing. That's okay. And yeah, Noel, um, the reseller demo account that we've we've discussed back and forth a little bit, uh, also with Andre. So yeah, just make a note, and we'll get that done. So give us give us a few weeks, maybe it, we'll have to run it into the workflow less, but it's not difficult, and I'll make sure that happens. Keep your eye on Fresh on Live. Okay. Kathy. <clears throat> Kathy says you can set up your buffer. Okay, yeah, I, I believe that might be it, Kathy. Uh, if not, we'll make sure Matt gets taken care of. Okay, uh, Chris, how are you? Chris says we're evaluating software for a nonprofit fiscal sponsorship startup. Well, I was trying to, trying to understand that one right away. Fiscal sponsorship. Okay. Cool. I want to know about that, Chris. Reporting is a key requirement. Okay. I was told in an email that you don't have a reporting toolkit. That's true. So what kind of reporting is available for clients either via dashboards or canned reports that are native to Sweet Dash? Yeah. So, Chris, reporting is on our radar. It's something that we definitely plan to address in, a, in quite a robust way. But reporting is one of those things that means something different to everybody. So, um Yes, reporting could be as simple as exporting a, a, a data points into a CSV, or somebody could say, well, no, that what reporting to me means a PDF with a very cool chart um, that I can show somebody. And then I say, well, you mean a chart showing what? Uh, well, you know, stuff. <laughs> data. Well, I know data, but what data? Like, how exactly can you please be very specific? So then that person, once you pin them down, they'll give me one answer, and then another person gives another answer. So it's really, with a platform as big as ours and as many data points coming from as many different directions, um, it's going to take some pretty clever uh, architecture and thought process to try to build something that would really be useful to the widest number of people, Chris. And, and therefore, the decision has been... Um, always been is ended with let's get a little bit better of a picture before we start let's wait a little bit longer let's try to understand exactly what would be the most useful and we're really close to that now chris so uh, that doesn't mean that we would have anything that you could use in the next short term or even medium term but in the first quarter of next year i can tell you that we are in serious discussions about okay let's let's get this figured out and exactly let's put at least the first iteration out there so that we can start so we are very close to starting something like that we've just been very fortunate to uh, be able to make some really great hires and some new devs we expand our team pretty substantially so that's great and this means also that there's more bandwidth and more um, there's more width in the pipeline so the certain things in that maybe we were still waiting a little bit longer on are ready for to be pushed through so that's my answer chris uh it's that's that's exactly right okay uh noel also is asking matt about this okay okay so matt says he's checked everything okay matt well let's let's send that send that email and we'll just check it with you okay we'll check it with you and make sure Okay, 
Uh, I'm having calendar issues too. Missing appointment plus link at the top of the dashboard. Client can't see the calendar. Kathy, I, yes, Noel is answering correctly. So but this is a necessary evil. And what it means, what I'm going to say is when you create a new appointment type and you save it, it really feels like it should be ready and, and you should, it, that's it. But there's one more step needed, Kathy, and it's often overlooked, and it's that uh, you need to activate the calendar. So what this, the reason this is needed is if you were just creating a new calendar and you're really trying to just test it, you want to preview it, you want to do all these things, if we, if we made it active right away when you save it, it will be instantly visible. So that takes away the capability of you to create it and then work with it and really get the preview right, get the, you know, make sure you want, that you like everything and then activate it. So my guess is that's probably what's going on. Uh, Kathy says she did, but for sure, Kathy, if, um, if it's enabled and it's active, it should be on the, it should be on the, uh, front end for clients. And I'm trying to think of any other scenario that would exist that's not there, but I think Let's see, chatbot. All right, we'll keep working on it, guys. Keep, yeah, Kathy and Noel, and then Kathy, if we, if you can't, if still uh, frustrated, again, send an email. But I'm, I'm quite sure there's probably a scenario here. Okay. Yes. Okay. Hilton's just, just giving us some information related to uh, Les's, Les's request. Thank you, Hilton. Okay. All right, Erica. Hi, Erica. So Erica says, can you build a customer and employee portal with this software with customizable design? Yes, Erica. That's that's kind of the one of the primary descriptions of what we do. Customizable is a another one of those words that means a lot of things to a lot of people. We I would say that Sweet Dash is as not as it's the most customizable client portal that that you can find out there and that that title will only be defended with increased vigor as they say so we are pushing in every way possible to provide you guys with the most possible options for your client portal all the way from the login layouts and login page options to custom url and and erica what you can understand is that our quote white label is being re not rebranded but we're 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 calling it extreme white label now so our white label means they cannot find or don't or understand that sweet dash is powering your portal so when your clients arrive in a properly set up uh, white labeled sweet dash account they will only see your your brand and only see your colors and only see your data and you can build it and customize the functionality uh, to a very, very deep level. Uh, so, yes, the answer is yes. Now, can you change the whole layout? Can you move the menu over to the right side and then change it? You, you can't. No, you're not going to be able to really. You can change the menu. All the items in the menu you can completely customize all that. Even the icons, the colors, everything. But not completely drag the design all around and move the top bar and all those things. But uh, yes, inside those those parameters, very very customizable. Okay. 
Uh, Kristen, hi there. Says, is there a way to get a URL link? URL link onto invoices to link to full terms and conditions. Well, we do have a custom on on the invoices. Yes, Kristen. There's an area where you can include uh, terms and conditions, and you can include a link there, an, a, high, a URL there, and I think that's probably the right thing. But let's we'll clarify further below. Mike, hi. Uh, do you have a white label marketing assets toolkit graphics to support a reseller? We don't, Mike. Um, we we really don't. Meaning, well, the reason why is that our white label reseller program is is really set up so you can do it any way you'd like. Um, if you say, for example, are in the travel industry, okay, and and you know the unique needs and the content that a travel agent industry person might need you can take our platform and and rebrand it honestly with with your with a new name a new travel related niche focused name logo all that and then go out into the industry as as an as an expert and say hey i have this not only i have the software that's really focused on the travel industry and oh by the way we can use reseller profiles to uh, copy uh, content into those child accounts as you're as they're created so you can uh, create email templates and contract templates and uh, all sorts of content of that nature and each time you create a new child account you you can uh, elect to copy those specific resources into that account so that increases your value add you can go to the to your prospects and say not only is this software do all these things x y and z but also it's going to arrive on your doorstep full of email templates and things like this now this are, these are all things that you have to produce meaning the content because you know the industry not us and that's why we make this available uh, so there's some work in it on your side, of course, to produce all that. But uh, after that's done, you really have something that is unique and focused. So um, reselling Sweet Dash as a reseller is really not the intention because, of course, we want to sell Sweet Dash. We're happy to sell Sweet Dash. And in the reseller contract or the agreement, there's all sorts of, um, not restrictions, but, yeah, there are limitations on we don't want to enable you to compete with our company, uh, which I don't think you intend to. But the point is that it's really more intended for you to take it and influence a group of people over which you have influence to use the software. And then you make a profit uh, on that reselling. So another example would be if you just had a very large client base and you wanted to be a reseller, say you're a web, a web shop and you have a very large client base. And you say, "Hey, guess what? I can resell." And in that scenario, you're you're reselling <clears throat> the platform, but you're actually branding it for them before they ever see it. So, if they are a an accountant, for example, you and you have a website that you built for them, and then you go to the the principal there and you say, "Okay, we have the website. We did that for you. Now I have this product that is an entire software suite, completely." Uh, that's going to be perfectly white, have your logo and just be very sp specific to your company. And now we can we can get that for you. And they say yes. Well, then you go as a super admin and you go in with the with with the logos and colors that you already have and are using. 
you go in and completely brand that brand that sweet dash disappears you're the super admin you will remain the super admin and always be able to have control of the account and then when you're ready you pass the keys to that end user that accountant in the form of admin level credentials which, which gives them all the control they need uh, but you're always in control in the background right and you and you can even there's settings to even make your user disappear from their view so literally they can't see you they can't see us but they have full control and full usage of the platform uh, and in that case you don't you don't mention sweet dash either and you're and you can market from market up to $200 a month, $250 a month. You can sell it for $10,000. It doesn't really matter. We don't we don't know. We know we can never know, so we don't really care. Uh, you know, we said we're basically selling wholesale at a wholesale price and you go get what you can get for it. Um, all the protections are in there from our our side and we're happy to uh, provide a tool for you and this and this goes with our longer term strategy, which is really to become a tool like that for web shops and technology advisors um, to take to their end users and say, hey, look, I got a, I have a really great solution here and um, I can help you out. And all you have to do is say, yes, I'll take care of everything. And then you pass them the keys. Suddenly you are their critical, critical go-to person, which means, you know, $100 an hour or whatever it is. It means a lot of um, solid work future for you and a very good a very good result for them because they have this perfect professional um, portal that's set up that you have you to help them solve all their issues you have a lot of job security a lot of um, hourly rate coming in and they're pretty happy as well so that's why the reseller program is built in that way all right i think i went <laughs> i went full on full explanation there so sorry if that was too much all right chris Chris says, oh, good. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, Fiscal Sponsor is a registered nonprofit that allows charitable projects, yes, to function without having to go, ooh, that's nice, the reports, without having to go through the 501c3 pro registration process, the reports that we would need would, would be the client, the project, to see the amount of funds they have raised in our event. Okay, Chris, well, you know, it's not that far. So we have, <clears throat> and I see Hilton's question, too. I, I can't wait to this one. All right, so Chris, that's cool. Um, so what we do have is custom fields. Let's look. Let's look together. Okay, so let's say you create a custom field for the amount of... I'm going to close the chat for just a second. Remind me to turn it back on if I uh, forget. So let's say you create a custom field for the total that they've raised in the registration process, okay? And you're just going to create that custom, let's call it documents needed or something like this. It's just, it, all it is is a holder for the number, okay? And it can be anything. Now let's go to, and I can demonstrate this right here. So this is a portal page that's built to be a reporting style page for a group of clients, a circle, what we call a circle, and you'll notice that this single image is here, but it doesn't actually have any data. It's not showing an image. You notice these charts are here, but they say 50%. They don't really have any data. And let's look inside the chart. And we're going to show you that the chart is powered by a custom field. And in this case, 
document needs, right? So it's powered by the value of a custom field, which all your clients, uh, <clears throat> when you create a custom field, every one of the clients or contacts in the system has a, has a, a space in the database for the value of that custom field. Okay, some of them may, may be non-populated, but you can populate this number uh, with anything you want, and I'll show you in a minute about how to update it. So here is your dashboard where you can show reports. Okay, and we'll call this a report that shows how much money. In this case, it's a chart, it can be anything. Uh, let's look at a preview. So if you preview this, it's gonna say, well, we can't show you a preview until you choose a client. And what does that mean? Well, it means that we don't have any data because you haven't told us where to pull it from. So now let's look at a client and see what happens when we choose a client. Okay, now it's dynamically going and say, oh, okay, got the client. Now I know which picture to show. I know which first name, last name, which company. And in this client's um, profile in the database, the number that is returned for this client is 25. So now it's showing 25. This one is powered by a different custom field and this one is powered by a different custom field. So it, I know you don't need a chart, but you just need a number. And of course I, we can easily do that. Here's, here's an example, right? You do something like that. All right. And then let's say we change to a different client and you'll see that this page is going to return completely different data based on which client it is. Okay. And you can build this very easily. This is a, what's called a portal page with the block builder. And then you can set this portal page as the start page for the circle here, which means every person in the circle, in your, in your case, every charitable organization that, that you're working with would be inside a specific circle that you would show them this page, which would feed back their data, their unique data, only they would see it. Um, and so that should accomplish the goal as I understand it. Now, what that does not give you is a PDF that you can email and things like that. They would need to log in and see this data. Uh, but as you can see, we have all the data to accomplish basically anything we need. Now, um, let's look at what it means to change the data. And let me just do this. I'll go real quickly to a place to show you, but this doesn't really apply to your workflow. But if you have a Pinnacle account, you'll have access to what we call a trigger actions widget. Okay. And so here you would be able to configure these actions to be triggered. And you can set any number of these actions to be triggered by the, uh, some completion requirement of some process, in this case, an invoice. And that means when the invoice is paid, all of these actions that you configure here will be triggered. We have this trigger action widget in many, many places in the platform. I think at 12 or 13, 15, something like that. Key places, when a contract is signed, when an estimate is approved, when an invoice is paid, when they first log into the platform, there's just lots of places that you can set up these actions. And there's many, many things you can do that are related to uh, the platform because of course we're an all-in-one platform. Pardon me guys, a little action on the phone here. Uh, as an all-in-one platform, we're able to combine all these these currents from all these different places into one area and let you combine them. So in your case, you would want to set a new value for a custom field. So if you took them through a specific process, right, and or or some automation that would allow you to grab this action, you could change the 
uh, value of a specific custom field. And if it was, say, um, 100,000, you could change it to 200,000. But we're working even now to make it so that you can uh, add, use math, math in these uh, areas, and you could add, say, 10,000 uh, to the number, or subtract, or do even um, other mathematical operations. So uh, I don't know that it's a perfect answer for you, but we do definitely provide ways to manipulate the data based on automations and in a way, in a way that is designed to accomplish goals that are similar to yours. And I think it won't be very long till we'll get to the place where you need to be um, and not just in a, in a simple way, but in a more robust way. And why, what I mean is automations. Everything's about automations, right? So we make it so that you can design a funnel, design a process that can be replicated over and over and over again uh, and reduce the manual work that you are using to track, to update, to uh, respond to clients, respond to processes, and respond to their actions. Okay. Let's see. You Maybe you maybe have some more information below. Hilton says... Please let us me know what's new in kickoff forms versus the old intake forms. Okay, great, Hilton. I'm going to get to that. Let me make sure that I I'm going to that one's about five minutes. I want to make sure that I can get two minute, so maybe some two minute responses in, and I'll get back to you. Oh, good. Okay, kickoff forms with Kathy. Good. Okay, well that's two votes. We're probably going to go to kickoff forms. Uh, as a way to reseller disconnect terms, president. I'll put a new link every portal I resell. Uh, Kathy, please send us an email to help at SweetDash or uh, vote.sweetdash.com. And this is, if this is a pain point for you as a reseller, we want to solve that. Our booking terms and conditions is a long document. Can I type the URL into the custom field, but it's not a clickable hyperlink? Okay, Kristen, again, same thing I just said to Kathy. Uh, uh, custom field, custom field, but... But is it you're using the custom fields that are above the fold in the invoice? But maybe try the Kristen. That those are more designed for things like VAT numbers, etc. Um, if if I'm we're speaking about the same thing, try it in the uh, here. We're right here. We're right here. So let me show here and these terms and conditions here. This is where you're trying it, Kathy. I'm Kristen. Excuse me. Let's see. Math. Yay, math. Yes. Okay. All right, Kristen. I understand. Yep. So, uh, Noel, if you would please make a note that Kristen would like, and make sure you use Kristen. Kristen would like us to make these uh, URLs clickable in these areas in the invoice, and I think that's a great that's a great option, Kristen. Thank you. No problem. Keep an eye on Fresh on Live. Okay. All right. Kickoff forms. Let's talk about kickoff forms. So. As of last week, we released a new feature um, or a new twist on an existing feature that we formerly called intake forms and we now call kickoff forms. Okay, and what's the difference? Well, the difference is that previously a, an intake form, and I'm only going to say this a couple more times because i got to train myself not to say it anymore. Uh, intake forms were meant to grab unknown users from the internet ether and put them into your CRM. Okay. So they were designed to put it on a standalone 
uh, landing style page or embed into your website and then uh, someone who we, who we call a target, the target will fill out that form and then we will drop them into your CRM based on the configuration that you, that you uh, make. Uh, but those forms didn't work for people that were already in your CRM and that was a shortcoming. So what we now have now done is made two different configuration panels for um, for that, that lets you set apply different settings for unknown and known targets. Okay, so when where if you put this on a landing page or you embed, based on <clears throat> if we recognize this person from your CRM, we we have two different paths we can take. So if they are unknown, right, an unknown person from the internet ether, we're going to apply these assignments and automations in this panel. Okay. But down here is a different panel, and this is where how you can configure for known targets. Okay, and the, you'll see that the default is no changes, no changes for these key um, data points coordinator and salesperson. But if you want to uh, modify, say, say if you have a service that in your business it's common for a to have a repeat customer come to your website and order another custom crocheted baby cap or whatever, I don't know what it is, right? So maybe you have new people that come in and they wanna get a custom crocheted baby cap. Okay, great, they go in your CRM according to the things that we that you configure here. So they go in this, this certain circle, they have all these things configured. But let's say that same person comes back a month later and they're so happy, they wanna come back through the same path and they wanna get one as a gift. Now we're going to apply these settings to them. And if, if nothing is different, then you don't, by default, nothing really changes, but the point is, is that they're gonna keep their role as a prospect or client, whatever they are. They're gonna keep their coordinator if you say no changes. Everything will remain basically the same, but you may have the situation where you want to say, okay, well, if they do it, if they're coming through this form the second time and buying the second custom crochet baby cap, let's um, change their coordinator or let's add them to a circle of repeat customer or something like this. And then you can completely customize their experience as the as they come through the second time. Um, and so there's only you would know what that means in your business, right? But the the possibility is there. And the reason we call this a kickoff form is because now it really functions as the ability to kick off a process, a funnel uh, from really anywhere, and it can be used over and over again. And so it's, um, it's a very good way to kick off a process, kick off a, a funnel, uh, a relationship. And so now it's a kickoff form, okay? Did I explain that pretty well to everybody that was wondering? Let's see if we get some feedback here. Embed, yes, you can embed them into, uh, into the portal. No, Kathy, uh, not, in, not kickoff forms. But not yet, not yet. So we will have the ability in the future to, to embed these kickoff forms, but, but understand that only people that are logged in will be able to see them inside the portal. Um, okay, Noel's saying, yes, you can. You can embed them now. Okay, so that was a second phase, but yes, you can do that now. But understand that the only uh, actions that will happen, this first panel, this one, will never be an option um, because we don't have the ability to the, inside the portal to allow at this point 
we don't have public pages that are quote in the portal so the only people that would be inside the portal are your known targets and then this would be executed Does that sound right noel am i keeping up <laughs> as i said noel noel helps with the documentation so yeah if there's a question we can we can count on noel to to know the the details okay good all right Yes, Kathy, current clients can sign up for a different service. Employees kickoff forms, not yet, Erica, but we're moving in that direction. Good. Erica, we are definitely moving in the direction where uh, staff members will have all the same sort of cool um, onboarding and data, data collection, data updating, uh, contract signing, all the things available and much more of an HR solution by twisting our current functionality in that direction you'll see that more and more step by step by step as we move forward yes okay okay good Kathy I'm here let me get, put the chat back up I kind of forgot to do that Cassie okay good answer coat <laughs> Noel says an answer that Noel says I'm sure Mike would like to elaborate on this yep all right, Noel, that's good. <laughs> we just had a long conversation about that where she's Noel's pulling pulling my leg a little bit. She's getting on me. <laughs> that's okay. Um, as a term, let's see. Ooh, Erica wants a weather widget. Okay, good, wet Eric. Maybe, maybe. So what we're uh, let's 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 talk about this real quick. So Erica, we're moving in the direction now, and I'll just um. I'm going to I'm going to tell you about our platform in a way that maybe you wouldn't hear a CEO talk about our platform every day. But look, we started this. We we've been developing for a very long time, and and sometimes when you're <clears throat> moving in certain directions, you realize later, wouldn't it be cool if we went and did it a little bit differently, right? And the wise thing to do is understand that sometimes that's necessary and there's no right wrong there's just the right way um so the dashboard let's talk about the dashboard it's 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 very nice and it's lets you configure and drag in new widgets and configure them however you'd like but the shortcoming is is that um you're only able to configure the way that this looks based on role um the widgets are not as as good as they could be should be Right. But and part of the reason for that is that we have an, another plan and the other plan revolves around the block builder, which we have a quite a big investment in and, a, and there's a great future for. So what we'll do now, as of now, I just showed you that you can build this uh, look, basically a dashboard for a circle or an individual client and assigned as a start page, which means as soon as they log in, they will be redirected to this this page. And this will serve as their de facto dashboard, right? Um, so what we'll do is take the this this functionality and replace the existing dashboard with a block with basically the block builder. And so you'll be able. To, so the the end result is by default, all of your contacts will land on the dashboard, and that will be their default start page, right? You can change that by uh, defining the start page as something different for their circle or their role 
But if there's nothing else to find, they will land on the dashboard and you will configure the dashboard with the block builder and the widgets that you see now, my tasks, announcements, etc., will be rebuilt and re reimagined in the new block builder. And therefore, you'll be able to set columns just as you can here and uh, provide some pretty robust functionality. And in addition, instead of it just being role-based, you'll notice if you spend much time in our block builder that you can actually specify visibility based on circle. So uh, on the default dashboard, you could set one row. Can Okay, this whole row is only visible to wealth management circles. And this other row is visible only to, say, bookkeeping or, or tax prep or however you it go, or even just to a specific company, right? Using company circles. So with that power, you'll be able to turn your dashboard into a morphing, living uh, mechanism that based on who is, is logging in, only certain parts and pieces of it will be shown to that individual user, that logged in user. Uh, based on their affiliation with a circle or with a company or whoever. And so what it'll probably do is really knock down the need to have um, bespoke, unique start pages created out of portal pages. You'll be able to uh, design and, and, and configure this default dashboard to change and modify itself based on that those permissions that I just showed on the circle, circle level. And... In addition to that, uh, on the dashboard, you will have, if you're using these types of uh, widgets that and placeholders, not only will you be able to specify the specific visibility of rows and blocks and things of that nature, but also you'll be able to use the very specific data placeholders that will return the data of a very specific, of the logged in user. Whoever's logged in, hey, welcome, Robert. Welcome to the portal. Here's your. Here's how much we need. Fifty percent more of your documents. You're only fifty percent of the way through, and all here's these buttons that open up schedule appointment. Okay, we we can schedule appointment. Oh, there's a preview. That's why it's happening. Uh, so all of these things will be a big improvement over the way the dashboard works now, and so that is part of the reason that there's not a whole lot of work and effort and put in being pushed on the dashboard as it currently exists, because that would be then be essentially wasted yeah so and then finally i'll close the circle on erica's original question that we can create a nice little weather widget here for for erica and so one of the blocks could be a weather block where you uh, just enter a zip code for example or some city and we'll access an api library and return some some weather or you could do this now really easily actually um Erica by going online and finding any number of weather embed weather embed widgets and then you could use the iframe block to uh, just in, just paste the URL from the iframe and then you'll just iframe in the a weather widget so that can happen even now all right Okay, Kathy, let's let's uh, address this. I've had concerns come in that super admin can see everything, so they're hesitant to use a portal. What can I say to offset that? Um, I'm not sure that about the concern though, Kathy. Maybe you can help me understand. So, super admin, there's only one of them. 
Uh, and same thing with admins, but admins can see almost see everything as well. So, but isn't that what you would want, I think, right? So when you have an admin, a, a person who is running the company, uh, you really want to be able to see everything, I think. And I'm not sure about the concern because no one can see the admin. So maybe I just don't understand um, that concern. So I'm happy to understand it a little better if somehow I can. If somebody can get blanks, explain that. Uh, can you use custom HTML? Yes, Erica, you sure can, which is what I, I think you were ahead of me on this one because that was uh, 22 minutes ago when you said that. Yep. Anything that can be embedded in the website can be used on the portal. That is correct, Kathy. Yes, yes. Okay. Kathy says, oh, Kathy, you're talking about uh, start pages, I think. I love these. I have landing pages for different types of clients that show their progress. They do need to be manually updated right now. Well, maybe not, right? Kathy, I just showed how you can use automations to update them based on um, some completion event. And in the future, math, yes, math operations based. So uh, I, di I didn't get all the way there on that thought process, but I showed the plus. But uh, basically what you would use is a little, where you have spec is a little placeholder called current value uh, that you'll insert there and type it and then use math operations based on that. So you can create an entire uh, equation using the current value. And if you can do that, it really opens the door to all kinds of things like loyalty programs and gamification and, and just any kind of thing. Because if you know that I'm, a, I'm a, I don't need to know the actual value. I just need to know that I need to add uh, 10 points to it, right? Uh, even even uh, the existing <clears throat> functionality that we have on the My Billing Dashboard, we plan to extend that to include like a credit system, like a you know, a local credit system essentially that you can say, all right, you if you pay a thousand dollars, you get fifty credits, and then each project that you execute with us is going to take ten credits off, uh, and so you could easily do that. But when the project becomes complete, there's an axe trigger action widget uh, widget based on that completion requirement, and you could subtract ten points, right, and just move like that, and then they could always see their balance. Every time that something was executed in the platform, you could add or subtract um, points from your credit. You know how you can devise your whole uh, your own um, functionality and and framework there, and then use it. And you, of and of course, the reason that's desirable is is the gift card um, dynamic, right? People love selling gift cards. Why? Because seventy percent of them are, are redeemed, and the thirty percent that are left are just pure profit. So there are a lot. There one way to do things in in an industry is to take nine hundred ninety nine dollars in exchange for fifty credits, um, and guess what? A lot of people won't use them. They'll use half of them, and then there's nothing wrong with that. It's just it's just smart business. Like gift cards are smart business. So um, something to think about. All right, Mike says this is a great forum. Where's the best forum for resellers? It's the community, Mike. Yes. So in the community, there's a um, dedicated small group for resellers. Yes, that's correct. Noel, thank you. Noel, I think you're almost ready to start doing the uh, doing the webinars, Noel. What do you think? <laughs> Dashboard customization should work long as long as we easily move our data from our financial software. Uh, this could be a good option for me. Yes. Well... Easily move data, Chris. If you can get it in a CSV, 
then yes, you should be able to easily move it. And once you get it here, and then you can manipulate it however you'd like. So I would imagine you can get it to a CSV that you can you can map and then do an import. And then I will now give 30 seconds to my data import warning. If you are importing data and you in any scenario, if you're a professional in any tool, it doesn't matter. If human beings built it and you are a human being, then you should do the following. Number one. Do not get in a hurry. Number two, start with one record, one data record, and import it, and then analyze it, and make sure it works. Number three, move to five records and do it again. And then finally, after you go through this very long, slow process that you cannot be in a hurry, Chris, and I'm sure Chris will do this, then you trigger your big data import, okay? So the last thing you should do is start with big data import and then get all upset with yourself and with us and with everybody in the world because something didn't go quite right because <laughs> then you have a real mess on your hands and essentially it's time to start over because there's really no great way to clean that up uh, depending on how big it is there there's some ways but um, anyway that, that's my warning and i'll do it every time we talk about imports to make sure that nobody gets themselves in a bad space all right is the pricing canadian uh, for sweet dash, no, no, Erica, this is U.S. dollars. Uh, Hilton, thank you. And Kathy says, so current clients can sign up. Yes, okay, we we covered that on the way back up. Good. So employees, no, we covered that one. Custom fields. Okay, this looks this looks interesting. Let's see. Kathy says, when our winter company custom fields going to be available for us to use as dynamic data? Uh, I think now. Some, some, um, but in, in the less of a functionality. Block builder on the dashboard would be awesome. I agree, Kathy. I can't wait for, for that. In fact, it's a, one of our big initiatives now. We have an entire team about to start development in that exact space. And once that starts, I do not think it will be very long. You'll certainly see that, I think, before the end of the year. Can we embed my tasks on a portal page? In the future, yes, Kathy. So uh, my tasks widget, just the same as we have on the dashboard currently, will be replicated as a block in the block builder. And then, yes, you will have, be able to put that on the default dashboard, but also on a portal page, yes. Uh, are there custom fields specific to projects? Not yet, Kristen. Good. Thank you for asking and thank you for validating. So that if a client has multiple projects, that the custom fields contain information just for that project. Kristen, we will definitely, definitely be creating project custom fields and provide uh, forms that are related to project. So essentially, you know, I would be shocked if the name of the form was not project kickoff form. Uh, almost 100% sure. So that is not currently in on, on the development path where I can tell you that it's, yes, we're starting that in certain here or there, but... 100% that's in our plans to make that. And your vote today is just another um, another vote in that direction. I would, if, if I were you, Kristen, if it's really important to you, which it clearly is, go to vote.sweetdash.com, and you should be able to find that exact request. I'm almost positive it's there. And then just vote it up. And, the more, and for everyone here, uh, if you're interested in a, in a feature, that's the place to do it because you really get our attention there 
when we see some momentum and, and something with a lot of votes, then we're looking to create it. And that's how we de decide on uh, development. That's been one of the ways we, we look at things. Good, Kathy. Okay, it's coaches getting portals owned by a super admin. They're concerned their documentation with their clients. Yes, okay, and that is a concern, Kathy. Yeah. There's really nothing that can be done by, about that. And, and in the same case, same way that... Um, yeah, I just don't know how to address that one other than um, maybe some documentation. You know, for if you were, say, for example, the reseller and you had concerns of that nature, then my my answer to that would be just in the same way that your doctor... If you go to the doctor, every single person in that doctor's office has access to your records, and they can go in there and see, um, you know, and, and but but they're all bound by HIPAA, okay? They're all bound by this very strict law that tells them, and they have to be trained and 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 sign documents to say that you know I'm not going to tell my hairdresser about this thing that this person is dealing with, and that's not my in my business. Um, so I really think, and and that's just a dynamic that can't be changed because of it's needed for the functionality. So uh, my suggestion would be to create a document that um, you sign, that your staff signs, that you can then tell them, "Hey, we we went we go to extreme lengths to assure you that we're not going to look at your data, and then even if we have to to support you, for example." Um, or, or answer a question, then that stops here. It's only here, and um, we and won't go outside. And, and of course, you know, that's not, still not bulletproof. People get prosecuted or in trouble all the time for breaking HIPAA laws. So I guess that's really the best thing I could say. Okay. Um, by the way, Sweet Dash is HIPAA compliant, and so that's why I'm using that as a, as a it's very, I'm very familiar with those uh, restrictions. Okay, uh, Erica says I'm getting close here. Yeah, an NDA. There you go. Exactly. Just in and and what's what's good about it, Kathy? You lead with that. You tell them, hey, and just so you know, before they're concerned, right? And if you do that in business, if you're always ahead of them in one step, and you say, here's our NDA. I want you to understand that we are we know that you may have concerns about this. This is covered. We got we got this. And every time you do that, Kathy, you increase the confidence of your customer. Because they they under, they they realize that you understand them, you understand their business, and that will be the end of their concerns. And if they have concerns beyond that, then you know you may want to really evaluate. Like, uh, some what what is this person doing that they're so worried about me? Somebody seeing it that's kind of makes me nervous as well. Um, so good, yeah. Uh, and Erica and I think we're we're at the near the end of the chat. So let's let's get Erica's question and then we'll. Wrap up for the day. So in an employee portal, can you have, say, a director of manufacturing see different pages than the director of sales? Yes, Erica. Let me let me let me demonstrate. So here on a portal page, you'll see I have this block collapsed. Okay. Let's open it up. And this is where you will assign uh, the visibility or assign access. Okay. There's external assignments. In our in our world, externals are leads, prospects, and clients. So you can grab your contacts, or the general word is contacts. Or internal, this is your staff member. You can assign just a single internal, and this 
in this one, there's only one, or you can assign multiple internals, or you can assign all internal staff members can access this page. So in your case, in your, in your question, you can create a portal page, this one, and assign the director of manufacturing, or uh, it looks like you have, or say manufacturing circle you could do, or you could have a group of people that can only see this page, um, or one single person, that's fine. And then you can create a completely different portal page and assign a completely different set of people. And guess what? There's no way they can access the other one. If they're not added here, then this page is locked up tight. There's no way they can get to it. They don't know it exists. They can't see it. They can't access it, even if they know the direct URL. No way. And it's, it's vaulted, okay? So in this way, you can create, and you can even change the menu based on this. So let's look at that. So you can create a different menu, uh, Erica, for each person, each portal page. So let's just say that I wanted to add the portal page into the menu here. So I'm gonna select portal page from here and I'm gonna choose the portal page. Let's just do client dash two. And then I wanna call it that. And, and just for fun, we're gonna rename this one uh, sales. I think you said manufacturing and sales, so we'll just go with sales. And then I want to—I'll just hide this from the dynamic pages menu. You'll—you'll you'll know what that means when you look in the documentation. And then I can set a little icon. More—more more options are coming here, by the way, very soon. And you're going to click add. Okay. So now this sales menu item goes into the menu, but the only people that can see this menu item are the people who have access to this page. Okay. So when they log in, this menu can will reconfigure itself, can reconfigure itself even 100% based on, okay, what do they have access to? What did I give them access to? And in addition, you can set uh, every one of the menu items, you can manage the visibility based on role and circle visibility. So you can say, well, look, I, I don't want um, the cer certain circles to see uh, this menu item. So you can just select hide from and in fact, you can make logical uh, some complex logical um, structure here. So you could say, well, if they're in these two circles, uh, I want them to see it unless they're in this bottom circle, right? So you can even use complex logic like that to determine the visibility of each menu item. And therefore, you basically can create very dynamic menu visibility based on who is logging in. Yeah. Okay, one more. I see a question I think I can answer. Is there a way to require? Yeah, oh, Kristen. Kristen, Kristen, Kristen. Asking all the right questions. All right, one second, Kristen. I'm going to show you something I think you're going to like if I can get it up fast enough because it's really pretty cool. All right, hang on one sec. If I can get it, I think this is it. Yes. Okay. I'm going to show you a, um, a mock-up in Figma that we have created. Let me know if you can see this. No. Okay. Over here. All right. You guys see? Everybody see the credit card? All right. Okay, cool. Let me show, close the chat. Okay. These are <clears throat> two elements that are coming to our forms uh, to start development very soon. One is a credit card block, or what we call a payment block. 
it's an advanced block is where how it will be implemented and you would be able to collect credit card information directly in a form in a kickoff form for example so imagine it would look like this and you're going to go right through it and then you can click to review a document so you, here in this block settings you will choose a contract template and you will that will show the uh, the credit card it will be optional. You can store it in as a card on file, Kathy. Or if you have the Plus Bundle, you can vault it. You can put it in a credit card vault, which is functional in the way that you can re recover the entire card information. So when you put a credit card on file, it actually goes to a third-party gateway, Stripe, for example. We never see the card number. We don't store the card number. And in fact, you can't get the card number. All you can say is, I want to charge charge the card in, ending in 8322. So you can identify the card by a token, but you'll never see that full card number ever in your life. And Stripe will never let it out. So what's different with the vault functionality is that they we send them, we don't see the card number still. We don't store the card number. We send it to this to the to a third party who holds it in a super secure way. And uh, but there, but it's designed so that they the whole functionality is that if you request the number, then they will send it back in a super secure way, and we will display it on on your portal to you in an encrypted browser, so that it's never actually out in the open in an unencrypted way. But you can see the full card number again. This is handy in the travel industry, for example, when uh, you're starting with a client, but you, but actually the travel agent is doing all the booking for the client, so. You need to store that vault, vaulted credit card and then retrieve it securely. And this prevents you, this keeps you from, you know, writing it on a post-it note and sticking it on your computer so that any person, the cleaning lady or whoever, cleaning man person, is taking the card number and getting you in trouble. So this is something that, again, you can say to your uh, clients, we store your, your credit card military-grade encryption. No one can access it. It's completely um, locked up. Uh, so you'll have two options in that credit card block, Kathy, to store as a card on file that you can, they can then use and you can use to satisfy invoices or it can go into the vault if you have that functionality. Second, here is the signature block where you will uh, have access to a contract template. And then in this way, da, 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 who asked? Kristen, you'll be able to set, type the name and then require the second step of squiggling the name with the wet signature, Kristen, I'm sure you would call it, and then you can agree and confirm, and then now you have the check mark, authorization of charges in terms and conditions, etc., and then the rest of the form can be completed at that point. So these, these are two ways that we'll implement the ability to grab a wet signature or just a typed signature, if that's what you, there will be, um, yes, yes, Kristen, awesome. So that totally works for you. I'll get to you in a minute, Kathy. Um, you need to have that wet signature is what I'm thinking, right, Kristen? So yes, that's what it's designed for. And in that, in the advanced block features for the signature block, you will be able to designate uh, a one-step or two-step process where you can, yes, good, good, Kristen. Kristen, perfect. So you'll, you'll be able to create a form, Kristen, that gives you the card information that you can store in a vault or as a card on file and get that web signature, agree to terms, agree to letting you charge the card, et cetera, et cetera, all in one step. Kathy, there, 
uh, does not eliminate the need for Stripe. We'll always need a gateway. Uh, so what we don't do is is process cards and hold cards. So SweetDash will never hold a financial piece of information. We're always passing that to the gateway. And then when it comes time to charge a card, say for example, a card on file, if, you're, if your customer is going in and uh, wants to pay an invoice and they've stored a card on file with you, they'll be able to reference it by the last four numbers and choose to use it again. And then if they do that, we hold a token, which is a long, strong, uh, random piece of data, like a string. And then we throw that back at Stripe and we say, all right, here's the token that identifies that card. We, we don't know the card, but we know that this is uh, the relation. Please charge this card for $2,000 and, and tell us when it's a thumbs up. Stripe gives us a thumbs up. We give you a thumbs up. We mark it as paid and everything's good. Stripe drops the money into your bank account. So you'll always need Stripe slash Braintree slash... Uh, no, Kathy. So this that card block, that payment block, does not actually have a value and it's not meant to do a payment. It's only meant to collect the uh, credit card for future use. Yeah, okay, got it. Yeah, that's what it was. Exactly. Kristen, hot dang is is not used enough. I love it. Thank you for reminding me about that one. I haven't said that in years, but get ready because it's coming. Hot dang it. <laughs> I love that. All right. Uh, good. Love it. New block editor ready within a year. Oh, within a year. Within the Yeah. Within a year? Yes. Within the year? I think so. I think so. We'll see. Erica, it'd be kind of a push. You know how things slow down around this time of year. Once Halloween hits and Thanksgiving is on the horizon, <laughs> everybody's like, oh, let's talk about that next year. And the same here, you know, same everywhere. Vacations start to happen and holidays. Okay. You're welcome, Mike. Absolutely. Yeah, let's go ahead and close it out, guys. Thanks for all the great questions. Thanks for the great feedback. Really appreciate it. And it really helps us to understand what you're what you guys need and also validate the way that we're moving. So always enjoy this time. Thank you for your time. Have a great rest of your day, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Chris. Hot dang awesome, Erica. Thanks, Hilton. Thanks, Kathy. Thanks, Kristen. Thank you. You guys are, are great. Thanks. And thank you, Noel. All right. Have a great day, everyone. Bye.